There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode of The Bell Tell has been produced by our sister podcast, The Indo Daily. a conversation that has taken place in every community, possibly around every dinner table. We must acknowledge, though, that there are genuine concerns within our communities. If you're going to move 70 young males into a remote area like that, it is going to instill a certain amount of fear into the local people. It's really a colonisation of our country. It's a takeover of our country. Mm. Frightening. What's going on with the unvetting and the people coming straight in, no documentation. But we're bringing the people into the country... And the minute you get hit, you get everything. On the streets, online and inside the corridors of power, immigration is being debated more than ever. With the local and European elections looming and a real possibility of an autumn general election, where does the main opposition party, Sinn Féin, stand on the issue of the moment? Will Ukrainian people be given a tent and told to take their chances on the streets, Taoiseach? People that speak with me aren't anti-migrant. Most of them were migrants themselves or their family members were among the millions of Irish people who went abroad in search of a better life. I don't know anybody who is in favour of open borders. I'm certainly not. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today on the Indo-Daily I'm joined by the Irish Independent's political correspondent John Downing and political reporter Gabby Agadovitz-Kaita to discuss how important Sinn Féin's immigration policy is in their bid to get into government. John, we spoke recently on the podcast about how immigration could influence the upcoming election. As the opposition party, what is Sinn Féin's stance historically on immigration? Historically, they they are espousing republicanism. By the way, I've always had trouble with that because I would describe them as nationalism and not, not necessarily understanding the fundamentals of republicanism as in the French tradition. But... They espouse left-wing politics and they speak uh, occasionally to internationalist involvement, even though the, the meaning of the of the party, of course, is ourselves alone. But they say that uh, the definition of ourselves is wide open. So they have, by and large, been on song with uh, government in their approach that uh, we have international uh, obligations legally and morally to care for pretty much all comers. And uh, they have some scant policy documents going going back 20, 25 years in line with that. 
Gabby, in March 2001, though, Sinn Féin published a document called Many Voices, One Country. They called on political parties to sign an anti-racist pledge, not to play party politics with the race issue. But what changes have they called for on immigration, if any, in recent years? So I think it's interesting when you look at Sinn Féin and immigration because immigration as a whole has become a massive topic for government really in the last couple of months only. And it would have never really been an area of policy where political parties would have had to sit down when they're, for example, drawing together their manifestos for the upcoming elections and say, right, guys, what do we think about this? Where do we stand on this? Um, like it's never really been an issue for any of the parties until actually now. And so what we have seen is Sinn Féin, in fairness, just like the government, scramble a little bit and say, well, what do we think of this? Like, where do we stand on the different issues that the government are dealing with? Like, you know, the tens of thousands of asylum seekers that are coming here every single year, that number is increasing. Like the Ukrainian refugees, you know, over 100,000 of them that have come into the country, you know, do we think their social welfare should be cut? And, and just on that point, for example, when the debate was ongoing, when the government was considering, do we cut social welfare payments for Ukrainian refugees? Do we cut their 90-day accommodation? Where do they go after the 90 days are up? Will they have to, Taoiseach, find a home within the general housing system, a system that's already at breaking point? Am I to understand that they'll have to find a place in the private rental sector? Like Sinn Féin didn't really have an answer for it. They didn't really have a view. They said, we're looking for data and the government hasn't published the data. So the party has been very much thinking on its feet. In fairness, much like the government on this issue, what we have seen is them say, we need a long-term plan. The government should pull together a long-term plan. But they themselves have not put forward a long-term plan and said, this is where we would house people. This is where we'd put them. These are the sites that we'd use. This is how much it would cost. So even though it's easy to call on the government to have a long-term plan, they haven't put forward their own alternative one. Marilyn MacDonald, John, said that Sinn Féin has acted leaderly on the issue of immigration. What would you make of that? I struggle sometimes to be fair to Sinn Féin, but let's try to be fair to Sinn Féin on this. They are, as Gabby says, no no different from the other parties in, in terms of floundering around, trying to reposition themselves or maybe not, or perhaps hold their nerve on the issue of migration. They have been a, a very populist party. Irish politics has long been very populist, not very much driven by ideology. For example, you don't have the haves versus the have-nots until very recently. That seems to be emerging. But um, they are in a space where a lot of their potential support are are people who are um, directly impacted or feel they're directly impacted by migrants. They're waiting in doctors, uh, waiting rooms, can't get a dentist, fear there's a lack of guards on the streets, all these sort of things. And they're looking at migrants and sometimes feel that those people are getting better treatment than they are. They're getting a medical card. They're getting, they're getting out. People, only people are living on the street. So, I mean, I don't see there's no fairness. There is a feeling within Sinn Féin, particularly among their activists, their councillors particularly, some of their recently elected TDs are looking at all that and they think that is a space they should be in. They should be addressing the migrant issue and they should be speaking 
to popular uh, unrest about the issue of migration. That's something that Simon Harris has been critical of Mary Lou Macdonald saying that she has spouted populist rhetoric when she was calling for open democratic conversation around immigration. Well, politicians, of course, try to get elected, but politicians also have a duty to explain to people how they're going to do things. The point I'm making is, when you're in opposition and when you're a populist party, it's easy to say something that people go, yeah, that's a nice idea. Wouldn't we we all like that? It's much harder to actually show how you get there. Is that fair or not, do you think? Certainly, Sinn Féin has the luxury of being the permanent party of opposition up to now. Simon Harris is right in that Sinn Féin just has to be right about everything that's wrong about migration at the moment. So he he is right in that regard, but he is stretching it to say that up to now we have been having a an open debate on migration. In actual fact, it has been um, made up as it went along, to some degree understandable because uh, the, the minister responsible, uh, Roderick O'Gorman of the Green Party, has to somehow make provision for large numbers of people who arrive each week. He doesn't know how many. He doesn't know where he's going to put them. Increasingly, accommodation options are running out. But the government now say they're trying to move from a crisis-led response to a more systematic, pre-planned system. That's going to take time and it is very much dependent on a public service which is not the most nimble, not the lightest on its feet when it comes to change. Gabby, what about other political parties? Do they agree that there needs to be more open dialogue around immigration? Do you think that that is happening or is there kind of a bit of apprehension to really go for that conversation? Yeah, so I think Simon Harris kind of hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, Mary Lou's looking for an open conversation about immigration. What does that mean? You could argue that we're having an open conversation about immigration now. Um, It's been brazen the doll many times by independent TDs. There's a a secondary school bus uh, taking the children, Ukraine children, to Killarney from Killarney. The Irish Killarney children have to pay a bus to take them to Killarney. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like I said, it has become a big political issue now. So we're already having that conversation. You are raising temperatures and raising tension and raising fear in local communities when you consistently, when you consistently You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. Get your ear done. Speak through the chair. When you look at other parties, you know, for example, the Social Democrats, Labour, People Before Profit, they're a lot more of the view that we should try and welcome in as many people as we possibly can that are fleeing war and that are seeking refuge here and that we should give them the best possible accommodations. They're worried about the 90-day cap on accommodation for Ukrainians. They don't know where people are going to go afterwards. They make the point that it's government failure, that they've nowhere to go afterwards, that they've nowhere to rent out. And I suppose there's some truth to that also. But Sinn Féin have kind of come along and said, look, we we do want this open debate. They haven't laid down the law firmly on immigration. Their policies on immigration currently are not entirely clear because I think there is a little bit of playing both sides, recognising that there is a lot of that anger in those communities. I will make the point that the politicians who have gotten in trouble as a result of the things that they've said around asylum seeker accommodation or refugee accommodation have been Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael councillors. Should Ireland continue to accept people looking for asylum? Um, I think at this stage, to be very honest with you, I think no, we shouldn't. 
No I'm more. going to say that straight out. No, Why? I shouldn't. Why? Because the, the inn is full. They've not been Sinn Féin councillors. Sinn Féin have said that their councillors should not attend any protests outside of um, proposed accommodation. But what Sinn Féin have said is that they're not laying down the law firmly. And I think that's what gives them a little bit of leeway with some of those people in small local areas who maybe migrants are coming in and they have their own concerns and pushbacks. John, there have been moments that has forced immigration into the national conversation. And obviously then, like we're saying, that parties have to catch up with that. I know the Dublin riots became one thing um, with the looting and the vandalism, but it started out very much as an anti-immigration anger. Do you think that that incident also forced parties in general to address this? Yeah, the events in Dublin in late November were uh, a seminal moment and they were largely driven by this uh, sentiment of uh, unease and in many cases hostility. Uh, against against migrants. And it did put the whole issue far more on the agenda. We have really seen since then two months of flashpoint incidents. Shortly before two this morning, emergency services were called to a fire at the former Shipwright pub and guesthouse on Thorncastle Street in Ringsend. It took six fire engines and around 30 firefighters three hours to bring the blaze under control. We've seen it in, in Dublin, we saw it in Longford. So, yes, you can certainly date an awful lot from uh, November 24th in Dublin. Do you think Sinn Féin is moving further towards the right? And even if they did do that, do you think that an anti-immigration stance would help or hinder them in the polls? Well, it's it's complicated. My, my short answer is, yes, they, they are somehow going to have to reposition themselves on migration. Whether it would be electorally beneficial for them to go uh, for a, an anti um, or a, a more migrant sceptic or, or indeed anti-migrant stance is quite questionable. There is a precedent for them doing a vault face on policy. October 2014, there were two by-elections, but the one that really stung them was in Dublin Southwest. Paul Murphy, now of People Before Profit, then in the Socialist Party, presented himself as an anti-austerity candidate and he won. He blew uh, a very fancied uh, candidate for Sinn Féin called Cahill King out of the water and um, he majored on water charges. Up to then, Sinn Féin had really been having a fiver each way on the issue of water charges. They weren't really against it. They weren't necessarily for it. But they rapidly tacked and became anti-water charges. What we're now asking the Irish people is to give us a mandate in this election to scrap domestic water charges and demand dismantle Irish water. Now, that, that was a, a simple socio-economic thing. Water charges at all events were unpopular, but they decided they were going to change their position. Could they do the same on migration? Well, of course they could. But would it benefit them? Hard to know because a lot of their support, uh, they they get a kind of catch-all left-wing liberal vote, which they would risk alienating. How important do you think it is that Sinn Féin factor in the young, more open-minded, left-leaning voter, maybe for the next election, but for future elections? I think that will be central to their thinking and will reinforce reluctance to take any kind of strong anti-migrant position because they would not be thanked by that coterie, that tranche of voters 
into the future. Uh, young voters, idealistic and perhaps very volatile in their support. And they're a cornerstone of Sinn Féin support and very precious to the party. Gabby, what's happening right now within the party? Is there a division there on where Sinn Féin should come down on immigration? Like there was Sinn Féin TD Martin Brown and the council election candidate Brendan O'Connor joined a protest meeting in Ross Cray. Is there some coming down one way and some coming down another? Yeah, so I think the view from Sinn Féin is that they attended a public meeting and, you know, representatives in local areas have a responsibility to do that. They have said, you know, our representatives shouldn't be attending protests outside of asylum seeker or uh, refugee centres or any proposed accommodation. Um, it's interesting because I think some people within the party might admit, look, we have changed the tack a little bit. And others might say, no, like, this is kind of where we've always been. Mary Lou is simply calling for a conversation as to what should we do with people that live here. That's why they're saying things like public consultations and we talk to the communities and listen to their concerns. Like that may be the popular uh, view to say. But in reality, you know, we have seen from Roderick O'Gorman, who's been really landed with this whole issue. He's really the only one that's dealing with it in cabinet. I mean, he's the, the, the minister who has been single-handedly taking in t- thousands and thousands of people and accommodating them. And he said, look, we just don't have time for that sometimes. We have to house people um, and, and we've nowhere to put them. There's a shortage of accommodation as it is. So we don't have time to be sitting down with communities and having conversations. So, you know, even though Sinn Féin might say, we'll talk to communities and that's all great. Um, I don't know how practical that is in reality. But they're not the only party who are trying to tackle this, like we've said no, already. Not. You know, you even see what happened in Mayo County Council last week when the when there was the decision not to interact with the Department of Integration. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael councillors were also voting on that. Absolutely. And sorry, the parties which have changed their stances the most have been the ones in government, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens. I mean, you know, even with Ukrainians coming in and giving them, you know, accommodation, giving them the job seekers allowance, of course that's been changed now. You're going to have the 90 day cap and you're going to have um, 38, 80 a week allowance as people in direct provision receive it. So, like, the government has changed their stance on immigration more so than any other party. But I think it's interesting to see Sinn Féin have the resources now. They're angling to go into government next time around. And this is something that they should take really seriously because there is a certain alternative that you have to put forward. It's easy to hammer the government on housing, which we've seen in leaders' questions. That's what they're bringing up is housing, housing, housing. Of course, it's still a massive issue. But now we've seen immigration creeping up amidst those local communities becoming more a political hot potato. And Sinn Féin are kind of saying, look, the old reliable is housing. We know we can have in the government on that. We might steer clear from the other thing. And that's not really how being in government works. You have to tackle all of the issues. John, do you think that Sinn Féin have to come down on this one way or the other in order to um, engage with the public, especially coming up to the election? I I think that they're going to have to fudge it, really, realistically. I mean, if I was in Sinn Féin right now and it's sitting there trying to figure what do we do next, I would say we do as little as possible because we're um, one in three consistently and I think you don't want to mess it up. So I, I don't see them coming down heavily one way or the other. And there are opportunities to be critical of government and to be able to blame government 
without having to dramatically alter your position. And do you think they have to be careful around their stance? Because I know a lot of people are speculating that Mary Lou Macdonald is going to be the next Taoiseach, but she might very well need to go into coalition with another government. Well, they do. Uh, they have to be very careful. And I'm sure there are all sorts of, of signals and, and private, uh, personalised conversations, as we have found with previous coalitions uh, being put together, that there there were contacts going going on for quite some time before it was actually done. It is of assistance to them that all the parties have the same difficulty. And by the way, there are early signs that the real beneficiaries of this unease about migration may well be rural independents of one kind or another because they are the ones increasingly occupying that space and they are the ones speaking to public concerns about migration and pressure points. And my thanks to John Downing and Gabby Agarvaskaita. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Gareth Mulhall and Dave Hanratty, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE News, Virgin Media News, BBC News and The Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. When you get an Irish Independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a €75 O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.